Hello and welcome to the podcast, What I Wish I Knew as an NQT, with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our experiences, both good and bad, of life as an NQT. And we will also reveal the one thing we wish we knew as an NQT that made a real difference to our teaching. Today, I am delighted to welcome Katie Dixon to the podcast. Katie is an outstanding teacher and someone I have known since she started training with the Essex Primary Skit. Even as a trainee, she stood out as someone who would have a big impact in the education world. And the years since she qualified, well, they've just proved that. Her classroom is in Aladdin's cave of learning opportunities. There is something for everyone. And that is one of Katie's great qualities. Everyone matters. The last time I worked with her, we were doing some science based on paratroopers in World War II. And the children were excited, curious, enthusiastic, and very keen to learn everything they could. That's the impact that Katie has on the children in any class she teaches. Katie, welcome. Hi, Jeremy. I'm really excited to be here. That lesson was a particular favourite of mine. Not so sure about the classrooms below that kept getting parachutes thrown on their heads, but yeah, it was really good. That's the way to do it, isn't it? I I was reminded, guess what I thought of when I thought of that lesson? I thought of Katie, one of Katie. Yes. You're the only teacher we adore. I love it. When the sun shines in the morning, (laughs) we'll be waiting at the classroom door. And for those listeners, for all you listeners, no, is a, a song that World War II soldiers sang a lot to keep themselves happy, thinking of wonderful Katie. And that's what our children did. They thought of wonderful Katie all the time, which is why they came (laughs) running into school. Anyway, Katie, we're going to go back. We're going to go back. I know you you did some teaching abroad before you decided to teach full time. What was it about that experience that made you think, I really want to be involved in education? Yeah, so uh, I I did languages at uni and I went in as a language assistant in Germany in a German school. But while I was there, the school had a bit of a juggle around and I ended up as a teacher with my own classes. So uh, a bit kind of thrown in the deep end. But the more I taught, the more I loved it. And that is what inspired me to then go on to take the skit uh, course into teaching in 2014. So, so, so when you became an NQT, I guess... Uh, it wasn't all that terrifying at all because you'd just been in Germany teaching, I guess, German students um, with none of the background in teaching that, that you have now, of course. So so was that a nerve-wracking moment? It was. So the, the my teaching in Germany didn't really feel kind of real because, I don't know, I wasn't... I, I think it's because I wasn't trained. I didn't know enough to know how terrifying it really was. Um, but yeah, that that moment of being in front of your class for the first time and looking at the sea of faces, looking at you with expectations, and then you realise there's 30 of them and they're all your responsibility and they're all different. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty terrifying moment. Um, but then I kind of had a moment after that moment of terror that actually everyone in the room is human. Everybody's going to make mistakes, including me. And if we can kind of 
get along at least, uh, then we're going to have a good year together. So I really, from then on, just put all of the effort into getting to know my students, um, learning about what they needed from me and yeah, giving it my best shot. That was that was never a, an issue for you, really, was it? Getting children to love you. I remember my own teaching catastrophes and, and one of my mentors saying to me, well, the kids love you, Jeremy, even if you can't teach. And, um, <laughs> And, and and that was always the case with you, wasn't it? That uh, well, the kids love me even if I can't teach. Lesson, <laughs> those children were looking at you like an adoring spaniel. Oh, yeah. No, I I really did work hard to build good relationships with my students, and um, yeah, that was the fun of it. That was why I went into primary teaching and getting to know them all as little individual people is the most important part of any teacher's job. Because once you've done that, you're you're most of the way there. Once they trust you, um, you can you can sell them anything, which is basically what teaching is. So what's the, what's the secret to that then? You've said get them to trust you. How do you do that? So I think they need to get to know you and you need to get to know them. So I think kind of laying, laying it out that everybody's human right from the start is, is really important. You can't go in um, too strong. You just need to go in and start building trust by getting to know what they need from you. So learning, learning about the things that make them tick, learning about the things that make them smile and generally just drip feeding that into the day. Because if you can have a happy classroom, you've got somewhere where um, the learning is more likely to happen. And if they trust you, they're more likely to uh, be with you when you want to have a lesson that goes a bit off piste or if you want to be a bit more creative they they can trust in the process and have fun while they're doing it because i know creativity and fun is is right at the heart of of your teaching is that a tricky thing to do when teachers are under so much pressure for children to make progress or do you think that actually creativity fun getting children excited that actually leads to hand to higher standards yeah, I 100% think that being creative and getting students having fun while they're learning leads to better learning, which in itself leads to higher standards. I loved it. I mean, I can remember making magic potions in fractions lessons. I dressed my essays up as aliens, much to their delight, uh, for some space-themed writing. But I do think I agree with you. I think it is a challenge finding a balance between getting stuff done um, and letting students explore in their own time. Um, not every lesson can be buzzing and child-led and creative. Um, you have to find that balance um, and that can be a challenge. But yeah, sometimes it's right to go back to basics. But I would say if you have a lovely idea in your head, go for it um, because it usually leads to the best discussions and the best learning. And, and children remember that, don't they? They hold on to those things. I met someone the other day who uh, who was in my first class when I was an NQT, when when I was pretty tragic, I think, as a teacher, really. Um, but but we had a good time and, and children were very interested in everything like we did. And she said to me, do you remember that fox you brought in? Because I'd found a dead fox. I'm not recommending anyone does this now, but but she remembered it. She said we were all so excited. And, uh, and and surely that goes a long way, doesn't it, to, to getting children to want to do their best work? Definitely. This dead fox story is the stuff of legend, by the way. I remember this from our skit course. I know. And 
I've been keeping my eye out for dead fox and I've not quite found one yet. So Have maybe you? I saw one today. If only <laughs> you'd known, I'd have picked it up. Bother. But uh, but this was a snowy day, so I could safely uh, put it in the snowdrift overnight, and um, it was in peak condition when I took it in the next day. Anyway, Wonderful. anyway, <laughs> back to back to when you were an NQT. Yeah. What was the point where you thought, you know, I think I'm getting this right. I think these children are really learning, and my approach works. Yeah, it took a little while, interestingly, because I think when you first start, you're so focused on not making mistakes and doing things right and just kind of getting through the day that actually you have to take a moment and step back and really look out for those light, light bulb moments that, that children have and really enjoy them because they're the they're the moments that you realise, actually, what I'm doing here is is really good. And although I stand by, it's the children that do all the hard, hard work to have those moments. Um, oh, they don't. That's not true, is it? Oh, they they do, do have to work really hard, but by golly, you do too. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not, I'm not underplaying how hard it is, but yeah, I think to have those moments when you can see that they've got something and you've got the students who are normally quiet, volunteering answers, even like half on seats, flapping their hands in the air, really wanting to get that point across when usually they'd kind of be distracted by something out the window. Those are the moments where you think, yeah, this is an amazing thing to be doing. This is a great job. And actually, if I can get through to this class, just this 30 right now, then yeah, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. So That's it. It's, it's, so it's, a, it's a right old cliche, isn't it? Stay in the moment. <laughs> Stay in the moment, but that's what you have to do, isn't it, when you're in class with children? Stay, what do they need right now? What can I yeah. do right now to make things better for them, to help them exactly. learn more, to make them more comfortable with their own abilities and, and believe that they can do stuff? Yeah, even more challenging when most of the time they're all needing different things right now, but... <laughs> Yeah, you can't do everything at once, but I think if you can give it a good a good go, and as I said before, if you can really know your class, then it's much easier to read what they need in that moment, and uh, really fun as well to try and to try and change things up. Yeah, yeah, comes comes back to that trust you were talking about, and 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 children just looking at you, Miss Dixon, <laughs> you you are my world, and. You can say anything to me and I'll take it on board and, and I'll I'll run with it because I trust what you're saying to me. I've seen that. I've seen that in your classroom. It's it's it it makes chills run up your spine watching that interaction. It's 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 a massive skill, even though you say you don't work very hard. That's <laughs> I didn't say what, that. <laughs> that's not what I've seen. But um let's let's yeah. let's go. The one thing then, the one as an ink, you've already given us ten things to think about, which is fantastic. But what's what's the one thing that you thought, crikey, this makes a difference to the children's learning, and I must keep doing this forever? Yeah. So my one thing that I wish I'd known as an NQT is that it is so important to link learning to the real world and to real life because it's so easy to get caught up in observations and those tick boxes on the curriculum of things that you must cover. 
But actually, what all teachers are trying to do is prepare children for the real world, because one day they're going to be released into the wild and they're going to have to kind of get on with it. Um, so I think if you can take those moments and think, actually, why is it as a teacher that I'm about to teach this moment in maths? Why is this WALT or, or learning objective so important for these children to know? And if you can get their trust by communicating why this moment in your classroom is so important, then you've won the, you've won the students over. You, you've got them on side so they can then help you by doing the rest of the hard learning and the hard work. So I think... In as many lessons as you can, if you can answer the why question yourself, like, why am I teaching this? Then you can get that across to the students much easier. And in turn, they will enjoy the lesson and they will kind of have a love of learning that extends beyond the classroom so they can start applying what they're learning outside of school. Because otherwise you get comments from parents like, I don't know what you've been doing. And I just said, like, what have you done today? And they said, English and maths. You want them to go home and think, oh, I've learned about fractions. So tonight I'm going to cut the pizza up or share things or... I'm going to make a with... potion. Yes, exactly. I'm going to dress up my parents, parents as an alien. Yes, that is what you want. You want them to leave your classroom and think, what can I do with this really cool new piece of learning that I've done? How is this going to help me to be out in the real world one day? So... Yeah, that's... that's. that's I went to a grammar school... And I used to spend my whole time saying to the teachers, why are we learning this, sir? Yeah. And they'd say, shut up, crook. You've <laughs> got to learn it for an exam. And I'd say, but there must be a better reason than that. And uh, rarely did you ever get one. And, and I know when I started teaching, I thought, golden rule, there's going to be a purpose to what we do. There's going to be a point to it. Children will not be wondering if it's worth doing or not. They'll know it's worth doing because we'll relate it to something. And I, and I know now, Katie, actually, interestingly, so passionate are you about this that you've actually suspended your 24 hours a day, seven days a week, <laughs> 52 weeks a year teaching. You're still teaching, of course, but, but you're now also uh, helping other teachers develop this linking real life to the lessons they teach. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm still a teacher, but I'm not a classroom teacher right now. Um, I work for the Economist uh, Educational Foundation, and that's a charity that helps students to have discussions about current affairs. So the idea that you're um, kind of honing in on some key skills, communication skills and critical thinking skills, and putting them to test um, in, in by talking about what's happening in the real world. Um, so inviting students to be curious about, about what's happening in different countries and introducing them to the world. Because I think a lot of the time, children can kind of get stuck in their own bubble in the classroom where it's um, very easy to fall into the English, math, history, geography without applying any of that to, well, why is it important to learn about history and the, the follies of mankind, as it says on the curriculum? Oh, crikey, let's not start on the follies of mankind. We'll be <laughs> exactly. here for years. Yeah, but it's... So what we do is, um, or what I do now, is I design resources um, for students aged 9 to 14 um, so that they can have those discussions in the classroom, practice their thinking and oracy, but also learn about what's happening in the world um, and therefore start applying what they're learning in the classroom to the real world more often. And crikey, that couldn't be more important than now, could it? Yeah, 
no got, definitely we, not we've got I, I mean i know we've had a pandemic which has rocked the world the world yeah. but um so many other things do don't they there's been the these terrible uh recounts of of how girls have been abused in schools yeah. and and yeah. the culture in our society that means we're producing young men who 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 seem to see objectify girls all that sort of thing it couldn't be more important could it what you're doing now no absolutely and especially in a world where there's so much misinformation and fake news as well i think the news can be quite a scary place for students so if you can give them all the facts um so that they can come to their own opinions and escape the echo chambers that they might be hearing in the classroom or at home it's it, it's giving them the the powers that they need to be able to go out there and come to their own decisions and actually help those that need it as well like you were just saying so um there is a lot of of um those who are uh, most at risk in society because of of um, they have less money or, or less education. Those are the people who are most affected by the things that we're seeing in the news. So if we can give students the tools that they need to be able to think about it and do something about it at a young age, then hopefully we're equipping that generation um, with, with the power and the thinking that they need to be able to, as I said before, go out into the real world and, and do something with their learning, do something powerful with their education. Oh, what a brilliant place that is to stop. Because if we're empowering young people, we've done a great job, haven't we? We have. We have. And if you'd, can I just say, if anybody would like any of those resources, they're completely free. Um, you can just go to economistfoundation.org. Great. And we'll, we'll obviously put that information uh, on the blog and on the podcast. So, uh, so it's all there for anyone who wants to use it. Katie, thank you so much for talking to me. I've really enjoyed it. And I know the listeners will have found loads of things to make them think. And uh, normally we say, just one thing, take one thing away. So that's what I'm going to say to you teachers now. What is the one small thing that you will do that will make a difference to your teaching and a difference to the success of your pupils? Because remember, successful teachers are made one small step at a time. And don't let anybody tell you any different. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please leave a review and share it with your friends. I love getting feedback and I'm very keen to know what you would like us to discuss in future podcasts and how we can improve what we're doing. Until then, I'm Jeremy Crook. And this has been the latest podcast from What I Wish I Knew as an NQT.